0: That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus
1: Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from com. My name is Nick Pollock, and today we're going to talk about the San Diego Padres. You Darvish is the ace of this staff, as he doesn't put, I don't know, hot sauce, what was it, on his, <laughs> icy hot, on his ears. No, um, if you don't know, by the way, I skipped ahead here. Uh, We're covering all 30 teams in the major leagues, all the rotations. We're up to the Padres. We're getting close to the end here. I've been updating all of the teams with the free agents as they've signed. So there are a couple that are retroactive. And if you're curious about what my feelings are about a certain pitcher, go back to that team and likely I have an update inside of it that includes that new pitcher. But you Darvish, uh, 16-8 last year, won... 194.2 194.2 innings on the docket, 310 ERA, 0.95 whip, and a 26% carry, but just a 5% walk rate. And we're going to play the annoying game, which is if you get rid of the first two starts of the year from Udarvish. I mean, the second one, he allowed nine earned runs against the Giants. But after that, U Darvish had a 279 ERA, a 0.91 whip, and a 26% K rate. I think that's insane, over 186 innings. His IPS was closer to 7 than it was 6. He had just about 200 strikeouts. And he pitches for a ball-winning club. A ball-winning. A winning ball club. (laughs) I think they win balls as a club. Uh, I think he's kind of underrated heading into 2023. I know he's going to be a little bit old. He's going to be about 36 next year, believe it is. Um, But he's kind of a sturdy number two, if not even like a 1B uh, for your teams. Udarvich is kind of a three-pitch pitcher. I know his cutter has varying speed, so does a slider. And he has a four-seamer as well. And about 20% of his arsenal is the, this collection of splitters and sinkers and curves and slow curves as well on top of that. But really, it's just those three pitches that I f- first mentioned. None of those hit a 14% swing strike rate last year. The splitter did, but It was sub-10% usage. I can't really count that one. It's kind of interesting for a guy that has like a 26% strikeout rate, but it is a 31% CSW. That does explain it a little bit better. I think there's something more to be done here for Darvish. Also, on top of this excellent whip and ERA and strikeout season we just saw, and it's a couple things. One, the four-seamer had a 10% plus swing strike rate and was about a 15% in the previous season. You could say yes, it was sticky stuff. He had less rise on this fastball and also a lower spin rate likely was sticky stuff in some degree to some degree still locations were not good there was a lot of middle of the zone and I think I think that if darvish either just decided am I gonna be low am I going to be high whatever it is with consistency he would get more strikeouts on that pitch and I think that can change over time uh for darvish even at his young older age I think that command could come with him and I, I will say kind of as a as a whole, the San Diego Padres don't really locate fastballs with too much intent. It's really annoying. They do a good job with sinkers and side, but When it comes to four seamers, they don't elevate with intent. None of them really do. And I'm not here for it. I want that to change. And I think that might be an organizational thing, less of the starters themselves. But then you also have the slider that I will mention had a lot more low lock um, this year. And it can continue to go in the right direction. Closer to 60%, he had it in the 40s uh, before this year. Uh, so that's good, and it can really be this Blake Snell blueprint of four seamers up, sliders down, while the cutter is this 70% plus strike pitch. That's great! Like, that could really, really work for you, Darvish. That's all he needs to do, and that's eight, cross 80% of what he throws. And then, yeah, the splitter had like a 21% swing strike rate, and the sinker jammed right-handers a decent amount, and... And this though curve did well. Like, that also helps with everything else that he's doing. So, yeah, I don't even think we saw the best view Darvish last year and he had that good season. Really great season. Uh, I'm kind of in, again, I do recognize that the long ball could catch up to him again on that cutter because he just kind of throws it over the plate and hopes for the best. And that might catch up to him a little bit in 2023. But Darvish still, to me, is, I think his last ADP I saw was around 80 or so. If you're getting like your like a really good SB2 at that point, kind of speaks to how good the top of the line pitchers are uh, for about the first 2025. 20, and oof, Darvish needs to be a part of the conversation as targets for your seventh and eighth round in drafts. Joe Musgrove, should he be involved in that too? Yes, not to the extent that you Darvish is, uh, because the whip honestly is a huge difference. We're talking point ninety five from Yu Darvish last year. And a 1.08 for Joe Musgrove as a hit per nine was just simply a lot higher. His approach, though, could change because because sliders are thrown just about like a quarter of the time. And it's so good. It's far and away Joe Musgrove's best pitch. And I'm surprised that he doesn't throw it more often. He has curveballs in there, which are good, but they're not as good as the slider. And the fastball is not good. It just isn't. the Sinker and four-seamer, not nearly what we want them to be. So once again, I'm saying, hey, Joe Musgrove, elevate your four-seamer instead of doing this whole YM lock thing. Uh, And then throw more sliders, please. And then everything will be great. You know, the cutter isn't very good. Just stop throwing that as much. You don't need the high strike rate on those because you get strikes with the other pitches. It's not like you're struggling there. Regardless, though, Joe Musgrove, 293 ERA, 108 whip, 25% K rate, 6% walk rate, last year, 181 innings, 10-7 and seven record. This is still excellent, so that's fine with me. Uh, I I think he's pretty locked for something similar-esque this next year. I mean, the downside would be like a 360 ERA with a 115 whip, 113, 23% K rate. And that's the floor, it feels like, for Joe Musgrove right now. Yeah, things are good. Uh, you should feel fine with, again, Musgrove as your SP2. He's part of that whole crew of rounds five to eight. You want to get three legitimate studs in those rounds, five through eight, and Musgrove is part of it. Same with Gallen and Christian Javier. Aaron Nola, shockingly. Uh, you can, like Shane Bieber and uh, maybe some Kevin Gausman. We'll talk about him in another podcast. Hugh Darvish, as I mentioned. And who you might want to make as your SP4... Is someone else in this Padre's rotation, and we'll talk about him
0: after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today. Of course, a person is Blake Snell. 8-10 and 10
1: record, 128 innings, 338 ERA, 120 whip, 32% carry, 9.5% walk rate. Blake Snell's stuff is still so good. And guess who should be using the Blake Snell blueprint? Blake Snell! <laughs> His slider is one of the better ones out there. 25% sw- swing striker last year. 63% strike rate is excellent, and it should be utilized more than 24% through the full year. He's throwing a little bit too much of the curveball, which only had like a 55% strike rate. He's bouncing it too frequently. Sure, he doesn't allow a lot of hard contact on it because he's just missing well of the zone. but if he's not getting enough strikes on that one, then he's not as efficient, which means he doesn't go as deep into games. So about 5.6 IPS last year for Blake Snell, so 5 and 2 thirds. The problem at the beginning of the year was not actually this changeup showing up. Sure, there were two games that had like 15% usage or 17% or so, whatever. But he really axed it through the entire year, sub-10%, and that's fine. Like, sure, throw three a game. (laughs) Three or five a game is fine with me, Blake. That's okay. Just don't throw it 10, 15 times a game, right? So the real issue is the four-seamer getting in the zone constantly and being a strike pitch there that sets up, what do you know, the slider, the Blake Snell Blueprint. And Blake Snell did that for the second half pretty effectively, and he cruised. Uh, the final 93 innings and 17 starts for Blake Snell last year, 2.53 ERA, 1.11 whip, 35% K rate. That's it. That's what we're chasing here. It's the walk rate that keeps that whip high. The more that Blake Snell can throw fastballs in the zone, the more that he moves away from the curveball and to the slider instead, that innately increases the strike rate. Or maybe just the curveball gets more strikes. That would be good too. I I think that this is a development for Snell, that he understands that the changeup is not going to be part of the equation. I mean, again, I'll go on his Twitch feed and I'll ask him, I'll do that for everyone here to see, come on, Blake, are you, please tell me you're doing this Um, and say, hey, are you thinking about using more sliders instead of curveballs considering you get them for a lot more strikes and that might help lower your walk rate? Great, thanks. Awesome. (laughs) We'll see if I can surprise him with that, but I don't know. I mean, look, if he does exactly the same, it's fine. The biggest question mark really is the injury risk. However, Blake Snell started the season with a delay. And then once he came back into it, he really was like seven weeks delayed. He started regularly through that 128 innings. If you really um, extrapolate it to a full year, that would have been roughly about 167 innings, 170, because he is a little inefficient. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm really fine with that, with that strikeout rate. And I think the whip should be better next year. So I'm in with Blake Snell and it might be as cheap as your SP five. I got to I got to look into this more when it comes to ADP for Blake Snell, but boy, that's a, that's a lovely SP five. Uh, if that's how you can make it work again, I'm someone who let's say the first 11 rounds go by. Uh, if you have, I should have six or seven hitters, and then four starters, so if it's 12th round, you can get Blake Snell, that's great. Everyone's going to say, Nick, that means 140, 150, he's going around 120, then fine. Uh, so I guess as SP4, that's still, I'm still pretty tempted with that, and then pad him with, I don't know, Pablo Lopez or something. <laughs> I mean, you're going to start Blake Snell every single time he starts, guys, and that's a pretty cool feeling. So the fourth and fifth starters for the Padres are, it's kind of weird, and we do have a very interesting sleeper among them. Is it Nick Martinez? I wouldn't say he's the sleeper. 106 innings last year, 3.47 ERA, 129 WHIP, 21% K rate, and 9% walk rate. There are things I like. Sinker jams right-handers super effectively. 40% O swing is oh, mm, beautiful. The cutter does move to be glove side only. You would think that would be against lefties. No, he uses it against righties. It's more like a slider. I really want him to use it against lefties. He doesn't do that. The changeup does have a good swing strike rate around 20%, but I want to see more out of this uh, for Nick Martinez because the four-seamer is so bad. It is, it, is, it is not good, and the curveball looks pretty at times, but he doesn't really figure out the rhythm of it, and it's just really frustrating because I think Nick Martinez nibbles a little too much. He doesn't know how to approach his fastball, and it's just like it's it's there. You have the good cutter, you have the good sinker, you have a good breaking ball or a good enough breaking ball and a good changeup. Like you just got to figure out their approach and sequencing a little bit better and also mentally how to attack the zone because a 9% walk rate shouldn't happen from a guy like Nick Martinez. So as a number 4, I don't want to chase it yet until I really see it come together in a game for Nick Martinez. But the stuff does speak to actually like being a good Toby. Just got to get that walk rate down to like 7% and you're kind of solid. Uh, yeah, I'm not there yet, but I got to see it first. Is the sleeper Seth Lugo? No, I'm kind of interested in this. 25% K rate last year as a reliever, 360 or 117 whip. 6.6% walk rate. Both his fastballs had sub-25% hard contact, which is really good. Still curveball focused first, but he struggled to get strikes with his curveball last year, sub-60%, which is odd to see. And I really hope that Seth Lugo can get his slider back to the 19% swing strike rate that it had in 2020, of so the 10% that it had in 2022. So I'm not quite sold yet. Uh, if Lugo is still sitting at 94 as a starter then maybe I can actually could see this as like a 25% carry if the slider and curve are getting strikes in and, and whiffs again. But I don't know. I I, I don't really want to buy into that because um, we haven't seen that whiff rate on the breaking balls for a bit. And without that, I think this might be a little bit of trouble with the lower velocity and the sinker allowing a lot of home runs. But it could honestly like, if he has the fifth spot out of the gate, that is somewhat valuable in your fifteen teamers. Like I'm going to be looking at Seth Lugo a decent amount at the beginning of the year, and I might be eating my words. Um, Considering again, it's a ball winning club. <laughs> it's a winning ball club, um, and Seth Lugo has the opportunity here uh, to yeah to live up to that K minus walk rate, twenty five point uh, four percent K rate, and six point six percent walk rate. There could be something there in that regard. But no, the real sleeper and someone that I'm going to be really excited about watching. In his year after getting Tommy John, missed all of 2021. If you remember, uh, is Adrian Morehan, uh, who didn't do well on paper last year. 34 innings, 4.24 ERA, 118 whip, 20% K rate, in six point and a 6.4% walk rate. But very small sample size out of the pen, and his four seamer, his four seamer is really good. And I, 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 I'm serious about this. It's 96, 97. If he's keeping that. In the rotation. He was when he was... Before he had Tommy John. That's where he was sitting uh, when we did see him start. Different pitcher now. Doesn't really go to changeups. It's more sliders than the curve. But that slider is kind of great too. And if you can go from a 57% strike rate in that limited sample last year to a 63% strike rate while getting that fastball up a little bit more so that instead of a 13% swing strike rate, it hints up to like 14 15 I think it's possible doing that. That's like, wait a second. Isn't that like Spencer Strider and Christian Hoppe here? <laughs> That's kind of what Adrian Morejon could possess, which is crazy to say for a guy that is a 20% percent k Ray and 118 whip last year, right? I'm just so curious about it. I-, I wonder if he finds his way into the starting rotation has a remarkable spring as he refines his command and feel uh, the, the year after Tommy John, it's the thing that comes by last and man, it could be a really interesting Blake's Snell blueprint for Adrian Rayon. Um, don't, don't overlook it, but I mean, don't stash it really. This is just a situation. Oh, he has a starting job in the rotation. Let's see how good it is. And then go from there. You know, we could do a spec ad for that one game and then watch it and be happy that we have him, or just move on after that. Um, outside of that, I mean, there's Jay Groom, who could get some starts this year. He was involved in the uh, Eric Hosmer deal to the Red Sox last year. Sub-10% swing strike rate with a uh, with a strikeout rate around 20% in AAA. Yeah, not for me. We are not going to do that whatsoever. But all right, that is it for the San Diego Padres. Some interesting starters, Seth Lugo, Nick Martinez, Adrian Brown. And I love, of course, their top three as targets between the sixth and eighth rounds of your draft. Well, Snell closer to the 11th round or so. But anyway, that's going to do it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I mean, your bandwidth below and your strikeouts high.